Hello, and thank you for listening to Ask the Pastor. This is a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duvall. I'm your host, Thad Yesa, and I'm really excited to dive into this week's question. This week's question is, how should Christians respond to racism? Um, unfortunately, uh, many of you were able to join us um, back uh, just a few months ago before all of the quarantine. We had a special in February, um, a special race in the church panel discussion with many of our um, black brothers and sisters here at West Hills. Um, great discussion. Um, the audio recording turned out really bad. We were going to turn that into a, a podcast, a couple podcast episodes. So I guess uh, instead of being able to post that, you'll have to just listen to my condensed summary here. Um, this may be the shortest episode of Ask the Pastor we have recorded um, because the answer is is just so straightforward um, and, and really very easy, I think, um, you know, how we actually go about implementing it societally or something like that is, of course, not easy. And a lot of that is because we don't live in a Christian society. Um, but how we as Christians should respond to racism is a very uh, easy question to answer. Um, we should respond with hatred. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation in the world today, period. Again, talk about confusing issues. Who knows what to believe about coronavirus anymore and whose facts are? You can cherry pick facts all day long. Uh, the Bible has not changed in 2,000 years, and the Bible is very clear. Um, you know, there's a lot of misinformation, though, even in the church about the idea of like hatred, like, well, we're not supposed to hate. Everybody's supposed to love. Hating one thing is just the opposite side of the coin of, of loving something else. So if you love justice, you will hate racism. Uh, if you love Jesus, you will hate the idea of his crucifixion. You'll hate the idea of him having to be crucified <laughs> to pay the penalty for our sins. So, you know, hatred is just the, is just the, uh, is just the opposite emotion running in the opposite direction of something else. If I love my kids, I'm going to hate anything that, that threatens them. And, um, scripture is very clear. I mean, Romans 12, nine, abhor what is evil, hate what is evil? We are commanded to hate evil, to hate sin, um, and racism is is just that. And so it's it's really a very simple, easy issue. I mean, First John four um, goes so far as to say, uh, you know, this is how we know that we love God is that we love one another. If anyone doesn't love others, doesn't love you know the brothers, then then don't even pretend like you love. God. And so, you know, I think about all of this in light of something like this current week's tragedy, which again, at a certain point, it just starts to feel uh, with George Floyd, just starts to feel like one more thing. And it's so sad that, you know, we, we, we've almost become desensitized to this by now. And I think last week's with Ahmaud uh, Arbery, and I mean, you just go through the cases and and I'm not going to try and comment on, you know, going back and Eric Gardner or Michael Brown. I mean, there's too many to list, but, you know, I, I listen, I get it. We need to treat every case of racism, every, every, 
possible situation is just that as a as a case that that should be investigated. Yes, we should seek to get all the facts. But here here's what I'll say just about this one for this week because again, this is reignited protest, anger, hatred, and and rightfully so against injustice and evil. Um, when you see a video of someone in handcuffs with someone else's knee pressed down on their carotid artery against pinning them against the pavement. And then you know how this story ends. You know that he gets taken to the hospital and will die from those injuries. And you hear the man in handcuffs, you know, gasping for breath and saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Um, you don't need a ton of context. I mean, the guy whose, whose knee is on him is wearing a badge. He's got a gun. Uh, the guy who's on the pavement isn't armed, um, and is in handcuffs. Right. Um, and so really, I think to, to watch a video like that, um, you're going to have, you know, one of a couple reactions, um, you either, you're either going to, you know, you know, watch and, and you've got this, this such a, you know, whatever kind of built in bias at, at play working that you're, you're, you're trying to force yourself to like withhold judgment and, you know, let's not jump to conclusions and whatever, or you're, you're just gonna see it for what it is. I mean, Here's a guy in handcuffs and another guy killing him slowly in, in front of our eyes while he wears a gun. Um, and if you see it for what it is, then you're either then you're either going to react as someone who uh, hates evil and who wants justice to be done who like you you watch it and like you're like me and you want to to be there so you can kick the cop off him and put your knee on his, his throat uh, and see how he likes it or or, or you're somehow <laughs> like this is uh, I, I think racism takes so many different um forms but uh i can at least envision a form of racism that would be that, that is, I think, more rare today. I think the more subtle form is, well, let's withhold judgment. You know, I mean, because of your built-in bias to take the side of the white police officer instead of the uh, the black guy in handcuffs on the ground. Um, but I can at least envision a racism that is so deeply entrenched, so perverse, so hateful, so evil that uh, there could be somebody who would watch that video and um, who would identify not with, you know, a, a bystander who wants to push the cop off of this guy, but who would identify with, um, with the police officer and, that's that's the really terrifying thing about this is you know uh, thank God for body cams I mean thank God for, for for cell phones I mean we have to recognize and believe that this is things like this have been going on for 
for forever. And, uh, you know, thank God that, um, that it is getting media attention and that white people are starting to wake up to the, the reality of, um, you know, and, and it, 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 it doesn't matter how common it is. It, you know, all the other, well, aren't you factoring? I mean, what, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about, you know, black on black crime. And those are just separate issues. Uh, you know, we can talk about that separately. It doesn't matter if this is the, the only time, the only case, if this were the only case of a white police officer, um, committing a heinous, you know, murder of, of, a of, a unarmed, you know, black person in handcuffs. Um, it would be one murder too many and it would be worth media attention. It would be worth Christian outrage and, uh, and anger. And so, you know, the, 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 the time has passed for the church to, you know, be passive sort of onlookers of this, you know, conversation. I mean, like it or not, and I and I like it. I am appreciative. I, I think this is where, you know, that we 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 preached and, and talked um, just a, a few weeks ago here now with God's co- covenant with Noah from Genesis chapter nine, where God says, you know, from from man I will require a reckoning for for his lifeblood, you know, and by the by the hand of man that blood is shed, you know, I will require you know blood and um, just that innate common grace. A gift of a conscience that God has given all of us. You know, I'm appreciative that again, this has been raised to to our collective conscience uh, and consciousness as a as a country, as a nation. Um, that we're talking about this. The church should have been leading the conversation from the start. Um, you know, and right now. It's not, again, it's not enough for Christians to stand on the sidelines and say, uh, well, you know, let's, let's just, let's just focus, uh, on, on the gospel because these are gospel issues. Um, you know, Paul, I mean, why did he write Galatians? You know, why look at the context of, you know, why he wrote Ephesians. I mean, he, Paul wrote half the epistles in the new Testament because of specific practical issues that were born out of fundamental misunderstandings of the gospel that, uh, that then resulted in two camps of Christians, the Jewish Christians and the Gentile sort of JV Christians or whatever. And, and, and Paul's you know, points and all these is to say there, there's no distinction. There's no such thing. There's just Christians and, and, and non-Christians. And, um, and, you know, unfortunately it's, 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 I can't even believe we're still having this conversation in 21st century, you know, enlightened America that we would even, you know, um, have to question any of this, but, uh, the fact of the matter is, it, it, racism is real. Uh, the, the time has passed for us to just, you know, pretend like we can just be colorblind and it'll go away or whatever. It's real. Um, it exists. It exists in our churches. It exists in our hearts. And I have all sorts of, you know, racist, I'm sure, baggage and whatever 
that I have to repent of. Um, I, I thank God that, uh, that the, the child he provided for Polly and I to adopt um, is, is an African-American uh, baby boy because you know, we're going to grow like crazy uh, in the years to come. West Hills is going to have to grow because of it. My family, Polly's family, uh, there's all sorts of uh, people that are going to be positively affected and changed and grow because um, it's it's no longer just some you know issue that we can uh, kind of dabble in if we want. It's personal, and man, I you know I can't even bring myself to let it be personal and to imagine my now son uh, grown up against the pavement. I don't care. I don't care what he did. I don't care what the context is, what the crime, I don't care what he said, what verbal threats he made of the police officer. He's in handcuffs and he's not armed. And uh, I, I can't even bring myself to imagine that. And, and, um, and it does. It, it, it puts God's command in Romans 12, 9 to abhor evil in context. This is something we have to hate. And it's something the church has to lead the charge in standing up against and saying, um, you know, that that kind of uh, that kind of um, prejudice and discrimination and uh, and murder has no place in uh, in the church and in any society that the church wants to to be a part of helping you know shape and and transform for for Christ. So. Um, yeah, I, uh, there's so much more that could be said about all of this, but I promise this is going to be one of our shorter episodes. So, um, you know, there are people who are way smarter, who have lived this stuff way longer than me that you should be listening to anyway, instead of me. So, um, this can be a launch pad and, uh, it's hard to imagine. I'm sure that this is going to, that this video podcast, whatever is going to, insight, um, you know, some heated back and forth, but it's just hard to imagine. Like this is something we should all agree on. Racism is bad. Uh, and, um, I don't think it's too much to draw a, a pretty direct line, uh, between race and, and what happened with, with the George Floyd case, at least, which I've been reflecting on this week. So, well, that's it for this week's episode of ask the pastor. Don't forget that you can ask your questions online at westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And thanks for listening.